Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, you were golfing without batting, without golf gloves yesterday for our, our dear friend, Mr. Joey Wendell. How'd that go? LJ, I'm sad to say I had quite a rough day out on the links yesterday. Hit a couple of bombs on the first few holes, was feeling good, and then really started struggling. Um, it was not not the greatest day for me, but hey, you know, you live and you learn. Just another experience with a lot to take away, um, and we're going to, you know, try to get out there next week and um, try to try to try to right some of these wrongs but overall you know just something that we're gonna move past um vladdy jr was practicing his putting in the dugout last night i saw a, a little clip of that i certainly could have used um some advice on my putting yesterday um but nice to see uh vladdy trying to show me up so nice brandon what did you do you massacred my boy, disgraced Joey Wendell. I know, Joey Wendell. Poor guy. Joey no, Joey no batting gloves at Wendell just got absolutely disgraced by Brandon after he called his shot. But let's move into some legitimate MLB news as we've got quite a bit of it here. Starting off in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Phillies have fired Joe Girardi after two seasons three seasons at the helm, three seasons, yes, three years at the helm of the Phillies. He finishes with a below 500 record during that stretch with an MVP on his roster, with Cyan contenders on his roster. Brandon, how do you unpack this? Um, It's, you know, I honestly, I'm going to uh, come out and say it. I do not put a lot of the blame on Joe Girardi this year, sure. Uh, tactically, there has been a few games where he has completely blown the game. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind that has happened. That's not what I'm saying. I believe, and it was actually uh, Damien from the Batflip podcast who made this point on Twitter earlier. And he said, and I totally agree, the 
the way that this roster was constructed, it just sets up the managers to fail. LJ, have we ever seen a team be good um, even in the, into the playoffs with a bad defense? It just doesn't no. happen. It doesn't happen. And we were all kind of predicting that they were going to have a bad defense this year. And it's just as bad, if not worse, uh, than what with what we were expecting. So, overall, just, you know, it's it's a tough season for, for the Phillies. Um, a lot of their fans are happy with Joe Girardi gone. Um, sure, like, they might go on a little bit of a run now. Um, I, I'm not sure what his relationship was like with the players, but um, must not have been the best if, um, you know, they were just like, yeah, you're, you're gone. But, you know, we also can't overlook that they have been ineffective in some other areas. Um, they are 10th in runs scored, 9th in home runs. That's good. It's solid, but not the, not the numbers you would expect out of this massive payroll juggernaut offense that you were trying to build. Am I right? Yeah, look. I kind of predicted this a while ago. I believe I said he wouldn't last till the All-Star break after that first big blow, big, uh, what was it, a seven-run lead they blew? Nine-run lead they blew? Um, oh, yeah, to the Mets. To the Mets, yeah. I said I don't, I don't think he makes it to the All-Star break. That doesn't mean I thought that was the right decision. This is 100% the wrong decision if you're Philadelphia, and this is part of why you're going to fail. I mean – what part of this is really these issues is on him? Yes, he has a $200 million payroll that he's managing. That doesn't mean that the $200 million are going towards good players. That doesn't mean that those that money is spent effectively because clearly it isn't. I mean, you've had now two seasons to fix this bullpen and they still haven't been able to get it right. They've gotten, yeah, they got good starters out there, but if I'm Joe Girardi, I'm not even going to really complain about the games that he quote-unquote blew for this team because did he really blow them? You're basically every time he's going out there, he's throwing a guy who puts up decent enough numbers out there and just hoping things don't go absolutely horribly for him because that's just kind of the way that these guys go is they'll have fine time. Corey Knievel will have a 3-2-7 ERA on the year. That's solid. All, almost all of this team is under a four ERA, and yet every single one of them is very capable of absolutely blowing a game, and multiple in the same night if it's that day. So I don't put any of the loss necessarily on this guy. This is a guy who's been pretty generally liked, well-received by just about every roster he's had. And yes, there could have been issues, but we haven't heard of a single issue that this guy's had in any pretty much any clubhouse he's ever been in. And so in my eyes, I'm a lot more in agreement with Matt VC. And I think he said it best on when we talked to him, what was that now? Two weeks ago. Yeah. About two weeks ago, about two weeks ago when we talked to him about this very topic and he's like, I'd rather have the good manager. I don't need the guy who's going to be a world world beater. And like this next guru that might get us, short-term success, I'd rather have a guy like Girardi 
who's going to be consistent and be able to provide the success long term. He's going to be able to be there 10, 12 years. And it's not with those types of guys, what you're looking for is a guy who's not going to actively lose you games. I don't think he's actively losing you games, even if he isn't actively winning them right now. No, that's very well said. Um, now, where do you see him go fitting in next? Because, I mean, obviously there's got to be another opportunity for him out there. I mean, you come off a very year. successful Yankees tenure, and yes, this doesn't go great, but we've already seen guys leave Philly like Gabe Kapler and immediately have success elsewhere because it's just not a good show. This organization isn't a good show of these guys' ability as managers. Where do you think is the next best fit? You know, honestly, I don't know because you don't know who's who's going to get fired. Um, obviously, there is going to be some some managers that get fired after this year. Who's in Brandon's hot seat? Ooh, hot seat right now. Um, I mean, I would have said Chris Woodward, but the Rangers are actually playing kind of solid right now. Um. I honestly don't know. Like, I haven't thought about it too much. Is there anyone? Why is there anyone specifically on your hot seat? That's why I asked you. Joe Madden. Joe Madden. You would Joe say Madden, earlier yeah. in the year. Joe Madden. I mean, yeah, because this is a guy we talked about in the hot seat very early, and then that narrative basically cooled off for like six, seven weeks, but with this recent run of form, I feel like this Angels roster has shown it has enough high-quality options on it to be really, really good. I mean, I think reasonably, you go out and get your shortstop this year, and this is a World Series contending team. Maybe you need one more starter and your shortstop. You go out and trade for Xander Bogarts before the deadline or something and all of a sudden this is a playoff can this is a world series contender he should be able to do more than he is right now if this team continues to struggle like this then I think he, he's probably the hottest coach out there maybe maybe Seattle um what's his name oh Scott Cervase he he got a, a big extension didn't he that all right, coaching extensions mean shockingly little everywhere but the New York Yankees. Fair, fair, very fair. Um, all right, uh, next up, we got to touch on this Jordan Alvarez um, extension here. It ends up coming out to, believe, six years, a hundred and what? hundred fifteen. Six years, $115 million. Um, he'll get $5 million in a signing bonus. Um, and this is actually great, the way that they structured it. It's very back-loaded. Back um, so only $7 million gets counted towards the luxury tax in 2023, $10 million 2024, $15 million 2025, and then $26 million for 2026 through 2028. Um of course, he's already passed the physical, um, and this is great. You know, you lock up what looks to be a franchise guy, a generational hitting talent um, through the 2028 season. Um, he's going to be 25 later this month. 
um, and he would have hit the market at age 28 um, had he not gotten extended. Um, instead, the Astros are like, hey, we'll just uh, buy out your arbitration years um, and are probably getting a, a discount here as we can only expect Jordan Alvarez to just get uh, better and better every year as he has shown us since he came up and won the Rookie of the Year in 2019 in the American League. Brendan, this is a massive bargain for the Astros. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about pure hitters. He's got to be top 10 to 15 in the entire league. I'd say easily top 10. Yeah, again, I, I haven't I haven't really... I, I, wanna, I don't want to do anyone a discredit with saying that, but he's just an elite level young talent, and I don't think it quite even... It's the same thing with Soto in my eyes, where it's like, I don't think I quite understand the difference the youth makes right now, because they're just putting up absolute man's numbers as boys. Like, Vladdy, yeah. Yeah, they they have such room to grow. Like, they're not even close to their athletic prime yet. And they're putting up these times and numbers. He's going to possibly be one of the most productive DHs we've seen ever, especially being like, in that role for such a long time being this good so early in his career and if we just want to talk about normal comparisons here he is currently going to be sitting fifth among dhs in annual value annual value for this contract will come out to about 19.1 million dollars per year that sits right behind jd martinez at 19.35 castellanos is being paid more than him Stanton's being paid more than him. Miggy's getting paid more than him. I mean, that's that's more than fair value for him right now. I mean, you're talking about a top five DH that's probably, there's two guys on that list that are producing better than him right now. And you also, that's all, all considering the fact that he is still at such a young age. Like, the youth factor to this doesn't get taken into account that he should be worth way more than that given he's this is going to be taking him through his prime he should be probably valued higher than that on that alone like you're paying it you're paying a 27 year old more than you're paying a 32 year old these guys were all getting their contracts at 29 30 years old and he gets this at such a young age and gets so little this is a huge win for the astros you know, what I think is interesting is how, you know, you're paying him all this money, but he, he's not going to play an inning in the field for you. And that's a lot of value that you're losing. Um, you look at a guy like uh, David Ortiz, who rarely played in the field for the Red Sox, um, because, quite frankly, he just, he just couldn't. He was strictly a hitter. And when it comes to, like, total war in a season, it absolutely affects you having this massive penalty on your your defense. That Ortiz never won an MVP. Sure, he had a stretch there where he's top five for uh, five years in a row in the MVP voting. But you he not once put up more than 6.4 war, which is still a great mark to have in a season. But I, I think my point is that not playing in the field caps 
your war number so much. And if the MLB is going to start to do arbitration and stuff based off of war, um, you could argue that this contract might be a little bit more of a fairer value than a lot of people are saying. I, uh, yeah, I see your point now. Cause you know, and it's one of those situations where it does give so much power to the teams. This is kind of a way that they both, they brand, they branded this as helping the players, but it really screws the screws some of them over because we're talking about the war being down. You and I both know that war isn't an accurate representation of a player's true value to their club. Yeah. I mean, for Pete's sake, just look at Shohei Otani is like the first example of that. Like he provides way more than his war numbers are going to allow. These guys as these DHs, these like highlight high end DHs, like there's a reason that these guys are starting to get into the Hall of Fame. Because it Larry just because Walker, they're not playing yeah. every day doesn't mean that they're not gonna be providing immense value and immense production to this team. So he might be valued, you're right, he might be valued by the team as more of a $24, $25 million player, but based on his war numbers, he could be somewhere down by 15. Exactly. Exactly. It's amazing. Well, two more quick things we're going to touch on before we get into our AL Gold Glove picks. Um, first... Robinson Cano released by the San Diego Padres. They uh, choose Nomar Mazzara. Jeez, that is a throwback. Uh, I cannot believe that he's still playing. Um, he is now back on the roster. Cano is gone. Um, I mean, what did you really think was going to happen here? Robbie Cano is just so, so washed at this point. Um, don't really think there's another word to use there. And... Um, Cano, you know, he's he, he's going to opt, opt to go to free agency. He doesn't want to go to AAA. I understand it. But, LJ, is this the end of the road for Robbie Cano? Um, yes. This was his one opportunity, I think, again, especially if you don't want to go and kind of put a little bit of work in on the AAA level. You, there's not much hope for you, I, I don't see. Because... This was your one idea, right? Is, all right, we're going to find somebody that's willing to take a flyer on me. I have basically two to three weeks to get my act together and look good for this team if they're going to consider keeping me around. And he couldn't come close to doing that for San Diego. Like, that's basically what this is. That's the same thing it is with Nomar Mazar, except I have a little more hope with him given overall, like, what, you, what you've seen out of him. Well, the age and also, like, he hasn't played bad to start the season either. So like, this seems, this is a very logical call up either way. You know, this is a situation where they, they brought in Robbie Cano to see what he could give him them. There was no money really tying them down. Like there's no reason to keep him. If he doesn't start out hot, you've got Jake Cronenworth, you got Haas Young Kim, you're going to be getting Fernando Tatis back. So in my eyes, unless he was an above-average hitter, there was no reason for them to keep the, keep him around. But why not take that flyer on him? Why not take that flyer on Nomar Mazzara? Like, both of these situations are, I think, very similar to me. Neither of these guys may end up being on this roster long-term, but they're going to see if they can find a gem out of them. 
Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. And the, the second thing I was going to bring up, Trey Turner, 25-game hit streak. Paul Goldschmidt, 24-game hit streak. Both are still active. Um, so just keep an eye out for that. But that's pretty amazing that we have two streaks that long going at the same time. And um, just for note, Nomar Mazzara batting three sixty seven with seven home runs and 21 walks through 35 games for AAA. Wow. Okay. If I'm reading this correctly, I can't quite get it to work normally on uh, – fan graphs but i'm going through the game logs and that's what it looks like it should be yeah i mean he must be doing pretty good if they selected him to their 40 man roster um you know yeah this is i mean this is solid solid production you're still seeing some of the same nomar mazara-esque things going on you're still going to see the high strikeout rate but you know if the plate discipline can be a little better he he's got a he's got a lot of hope well, LJ, let's get into our AL Gold Gloves as this is part of our Memorial Day uh, what celebration. Is that what we're going to call it? Yes, our many days of Memorial Day. Well, um, LJ, do you... I mean, here's the thing with, with a defensive stats. There's not really a lot to go, to go off of. So I... I feel like our analysis for why we picked each player is pretty much going to be the same. It's like, oh, they have good stats in this specific stat that we like. Um, So, I don't know, LJ, if you have any ideas on how we could kind of spice this up a little bit. um, Um, Again, I don't don't think we need to... We don't need to dive into stats all that much. We know these guys, this is the best we've seen so far. And I think there's some really interesting names on this. A repeat team I wasn't expecting as well. Brandon, maybe you have a repeat team as well. It doesn't have to be the same. We don't have to overtly say it yet. But I'm just going to kick this off. Um, starting at the start at the pitcher position, probably the hardest one to pick because there isn't a lot of like good options. Um, I went with Paul Blackburn here. He's got, like I want to say, 12 or 13 outs responsible for He's been a part of two double plays to start the year. There's there's a very low threshold. There's a very low bar set to cross to get this award, especially at this point in the season. But he's been really solid in really what's kind of becoming the year of Paul Blackburn. Yeah, I end up going with Zach Granke. Um, he's always been a really good, always been a really good uh, defensive pitcher. And... Um, I just think that um, overall, he's a guy that uh, I would certainly trust on the mound um, to field his own position. He's got pretty good stats this year um, on the defensive side, and we saw in Game Seven of the World Series in 2019, like he had so many comebackers come right to him, made every play very cleanly. Um, he's just a good fielder in general. So yeah, Zach Cranky for. Well, moving on to the catcher position, this was this was a tougher call. I think there was really so far for the American League. There's a three horse race to start this up. I think it's between Jonah Heim, 
Sean Murphy, and Jose Trevino of the New York Yankees. And each of them have a legitimate claim to it. I had to go with Sean Murphy here. And this is kind of starting to split hairs. First off, he by far has the best arm of the three in terms of getting guys runners out. Do I think that's that important of a part of the catcher role? No, I really don't. I think too many guys are afraid to steal at this point that it's not a major impact on the game. Your ability to frame and your ability to block mean way more to me than your ability to throw the ball down to second and third base. But with that being said, that's a separator for them. The other thing that really stands out to me is, Brandon, he has caught 1,122 pitches this year. Wow. That is 300 more than Jonah Heim, who's next on that list. So for him to be putting in this type of workhorse performance, I'm not sure what this translates to in games. I will look that up real quick. But overall, he's doing a lot more work than I think pretty much any other catcher in baseball is doing to start the season. And that means a lot to me. Yeah, there's only three players, four players, excuse me, over a thousand pitches caught so far this year. Sean Murphy, Travis Darno, JT Real Muto, and Kiva Ruiz. And he has by far been the best of them to start the year. So, um, I didn't go with Sean Murphy. I went with Jose Trevino. Um, a lot smaller of a sample size, but I think that um, if Trevino was was catching every day um, and had the same amount of innings caught as these guys, he would be right up there in, in some of these counting stats. Um, oh, I think it'd be hard for me to not pick him if he had that full disclosure. The framing is is unbelievable. You see what how how good the Yankees pitching staff has been this year. Um, that's not just because they're they're good pitchers, but also you know having a real catcher in there that's not Gary Sanchez, a guy that can actually frame and steal those strikes for you is something that we've needed for for so long. So to be able to get that out of Jose Trevino this year has just been so nice to see as a fan and um you know it's just it's absolutely fantastic and um you know overall i'm gonna pick trevino here but um you could go with sean murphy um and i would not be upset whatsoever sean murphy has caught 71 percent of the a's games this year that's pretty good that's really high especially by today's standards brandon where did you go at first base this was uh unbelievably hard LJ um, first base I go with Jose Abreu here um, was actually close to picking Vladdy Jr. potentially um, his outs above average are not the best though but really not a lot of good uh, defensive first baseman in the American League um, you know I, I think Jose Abreu has, has been solid he's, he's got a lot of innings for his career over there at first base um, you're talking a defensive run saved. He has one, but um, based on the Fangraphs uh, defensive rating, he's first for first baseman in the uh, American League. Yeah, this is a very, very wide open position. I think, you know, you're talking about the entirety of the American League at this spot is within one out of each other. Like you're talking about 
Um, I want to say two. We're talking about six or eight guys between two and one out above average. And then from there, there's like, there's very little drop off. It's overall been a very weak year for first base. I ended up going with Jared Walsh. This was partially just an eye test thing, but you know, if you're talking about a guy who's floating around that one to two outs above average line right now, and has looked really solid for a team that's certainly seen a lot of different play. All right. Um, at second base, I end up going with Jonathan Scope. Um, really not much to talk about here. We talked about him um, a few days ago on our leaderboard update episode, and he leads all players in outs above average. So pretty easy choice there. Yeah, so I assume we're giving the platinum glove there as well. Yeah. Announce that now. As of right um, now, yes. Yeah, that's that's my pick there too. It's almost impossible to pick anyone else. I know it is impossible to pick anyone else because he's managed between when I picked this two, this team 2 days ago, between then and now, between when we looked at the leaderboards and now he's already gotten another out. <laughs> like he's up to 9 now and there's there's just not a flaw right now in this guy's game. It's been quite phenomenal. All right, um, LJ, third base, where are we going here? Who is on third? Who's on um, third? On third, we're going for, and I'm not really, can I, I'm kind of shocked by this, Oakland A number three. I went with Kevin Smith here, their third baseman, and I just think this is a fantastic story. This is a guy who's got had a success rate of 74%, despite his estimated success rate being 71% this year. That is the best in the or second best in the American League, best among full time third basemen. I mean, DJ LeMay, he's got four percent added, but he's playing all over the map right now. So I don't think he's necessarily a guy that I'm considering for any of the positions. But either way, Kevin Smith comes in four outs above average, and this is his first full year at third base. He is now the heir to Matt Chapman one of the best defenders we've seen in a while. He's sitting at his position on his team, and he's about to go out there and potentially win another gold glove for the Oakland A's at third base. That's just so cool to see the baton kind of pass. LJ, I'm going with a bit of an outside pick here. I'm taking Ramon Urias um, on the Baltimore Orioles. Really interesting because you look at his outs above average, he actually has negative one. So um, it's not that stat that really does it for him here, but his uh, defensive run saved is at six, which is actually better than Manny Machado this year, uh, better than Matt Chapman, uh, Anthony Rendon, Jose Ramirez, Rafael Devers, uh, guys that you know we're used to seeing being sure-handed in the field um Ramon Urias really good stats when you look at some of the fan graph stuff that I like to look at his range stat is certainly up there his ultimate zone rating is up there um if you understand those stats or even if you don't you can look those up to see kind of what I'm talking about but well, in the next couple weeks we're going to start defining more and more stats so. absolutely yeah I'm all for that uh, absolutely um Especially because it gets very complicated with some of these uh, defensive stats, but starting with meatball percentage, yeah, 
Ramon Urias, I think, um, slots in well here at third base. Yeah, that's a fantastic pick there. Um, but at shortstop, the other left side partner, um, was this a hard call for you, Brendan? Because I went with Jeremy Pena. Yeah. It, it's just easy money. This guy's been successful on 83% of his tries this year. He's got seven outs above average. He's really the only guy competing with Jonathan scope right now. Like this is a, he's got a two out gap at shortstop alone. And then it's a two out gap to him. There's no one else that's really touching close to this. And I know I'm a few, a few days early on this, but Payne is about to walk to a rookie of the year at this point. Yeah. And this is a guy who was a very highly touted prospect and actually was given a 60 grade for his fielding. So it, it, it makes total sense um, why he's been playing so well, especially in the field. Um, but LJ, can can we create a, a, a team with Jonathan Scope at second and Jeremy Pena at short and just watch them play in the oh, field? Nothing gets through. Nothing gets through because especially their... The um, double plays that they turn, oh. Two outs above average to his left is second best in the league, right behind Francisco Lindor. I, I'm dying to know what um, Jonathan Scope says to the to his right, because that's can you imagine it's plus five. Yeah. So you're talking there. That's seven outs above average in the in the gap. <laughs> like you have to hit it straight up second base to get it through is effectively what that's meaning. You have um, to hit the base. You have to hit the base in order to get a hit out of that and it's um that's that would be phenomenal that'd be phenomenal to watch but this also begs the question why on earth were the astros considering bringing correa back did they not have if they had a quarter of the faith in this guy that his production has shown there's no way you come to carlos correa and throw around those contract talks last minute because they were in it right down until he signed with Minnesota. If I if I'm are we sure this guy, that they were though? Or, that's what I or thought. Were I'd they understand. just trying to, or, or or were they just trying to raise the price? What what reason would there be to raise the price, other than to look good for your own players when they leave? Well, that's that, what that, the that, that just makes did sense. with Garrett Cole. They they just threw out a number, but they weren't actually going to do it. And then the look, they were talk they were talking to him, and they knew fully well that until the night he signed with Minnesota, because he flat out said that deal came together very quickly, very late. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair then. No, that's if they fair. were, if they were even half talking to him, there was a chance he was coming back. And that means this guy isn't playing. And that's an absolute shame if that were to happen. Well, LJ, let's get into the outfield. Um, left field, I went with a Boston Red Sox. I went with Alex Verdugo. Um, you know, a lot of these stats that I've been I've been looking at, um, he rates very highly. Um, LJ, I'm, I, I kind of made this pick, and then I wanted to throw it to you because you watch the Red Sox a lot. Um, how is how is Alex? Verdugo Ben. I mean, I, I see that the stat cast fielding stats are certainly not the best, but Fangraphs um is certainly is certainly up there. Yeah, I can I've always thought he was a good a good fielder. He got very comfortable in left field, which 
is so cool to see because this is a guy who's I mean, he he can 100% play center. He started in right in 2020 for this team, comes over to left last year and got, looked so comfortable. I mean, this is probably this was one of the best outfields defensively in baseball last year and got managed to get better. And his continued improvement is a big reason why. Admittedly, I did not go that direction here, but he was probably a reasonably close third. I had a tough time deciding between Brandon Marsh and Stephen Kwan. I, I look at both of these guys and I'm seeing a lot to love here. You're talking about if we look at StatCast, it's three outs above average for Brandon Marsh. You're talking two outs above average for Stephen Kwan. Not much dividing them on any stats, including their overall like um, outfield jump is something I actually wanted to look at a lot here because, you know, that's such a – it's such an underrated part of this is how, how well you were able to get two plays and how much ground you're able to cover. And both were very similar players in that regard Brandon Marsh just slightly beats him out for that so if I have to give one it's going to Brandon Marsh but if I could give out three it would be to all three of those guys if we're just throwing if we're just throwing uh left field goal gloves around in center field I went with Miles Straw um of the Cleveland Guardians uh rates very well um Five defensive runs saved, um, three outs above average, I believe. And AL center field is pretty stacked. You got guys like Christian Pache, Luis Robert, uh, Kike Hernandez, Julio Rodriguez. But uh, Miles Straw always been a guy known for his defense, and I think he's been really solid this year. Yeah, I ended up going in another direction here. I ended up going with Jose Siri of the Houston Astros. That's the second Astro on my team, correct? Yeah. Yes. Um, overall, I mean, I think there's a, there's a lot of good options here. I mean, you're talking Christian Pache. Pache, I think, probably runs away with this if he could bat. Like, if he could consistently stay in the A's lineup, you're talking about a, probably a seven-out guy. Uh, yeah. based, on, based on his overall skill and ability. But... Jose Siri, you know, you're talking about a guy who covers a ton of ground in center field, is very clean with it. 99% success rate wow. on the year. It, this, is, this is definitely his award in my eyes. Even among guys like Julio Rodriguez and Byron Buxton, Christian Pache, who've also had terrific years. No, absolutely. Um, all right, wrapping things up in right field, I'm going to go with Kyle Tucker of the Astros, um, just having a monster season, honestly. Eight defensive runs saved, um, two outs above average. Uh, he's second in in the Fangraphs uh, defensive rating behind Max Kepler for American League right fielders, um, but he's got three uh, defensive runs saved ahead of Max Kepler, so... I'm going to go with, with, with Kyle Tucker. He's also put in a lot of innings. Um, I like to see a guy that's very durable. Um, I ended up going with Brett Phillips here. I probably could have gotten more people in and more deserving if I'd given him my pitcher gold glove. Mm. But um, either way, I think this guy's probably my second choice 
for the Platinum Glove across across the entire league. This is a guy six outs above average, a 14% success rate added. So his success rate sitting at 98%, even though computer models and all of that is telling us that he should have only converted 84% of those plays. That's absolutely nasty. There's no one that comes close to that in terms of success rate added. He covers a lot of ground, especially for a right fielder. This is this has been terrific. Well then, I believe that's going to do it for this show. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. We'll be back tomorrow with NL Gold Glove. Is that correct? Uh, yes. NL Gold Gloves tomorrow. More reactions from tonight's games. We will see you. See you manana. Have a good one. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.